Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I'm Ken. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Yes. And quite a lot has happened. And I think there's only one thing that we can talk about this week, Ken, and that is Her Majesty. Usually, we would have been straight on the mic for mm. this, uh, but it's been... Paul, you've had some rather esteemed guests over from Texas. <laughs> we have, yes. Who are some good friends, Mark and Paul, who came to stay at precisely the time that the <laughs> Queen died. I mean, in, in terms of their timing, what a time to come over to England. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but it has sort of curtailed all your free time, so we've, we've not had a chance to... So it's not, a, it's not a lack of effort or disrespect on our part. We've just literally not had the time to react. And frankly, I think it's it's hit us both a little harder than we thought it would. Yes. Yeah, as you say, Mark and Paul came to visit us. They arrived on the Wednesday, mm. and they were just, first of all, just talking about the, the pictures that have been in the press about the Queen meeting Liz Truss, mm. um, and sort of saying, I can't believe she's still working at 96, still doing that. And, and the, you know, the pictures that were released. I was about to say, I can't believe she's made it to Prime Minister. <laughs> well, yeah, that's another, that's a different episode. <laughs> but yeah, then on, then on the Thursday, the news started coming through and we were messaging each other, of course. Mm. You know, the Queen was under medical supervision and stuff. We both sort of felt there was something different about this time. There's, there's often been reports that the Queen's been to the hospital or been to see the doctor or been advised to rest, but there was something different. There was something in Hugh Edwards' tone that suggested... Well, I think the word comfortable set massive mm. alarm bells ringing in my head. When they all started gathering, uh, being flown up to Balmoral or dri- driven up or trained mm. or whatever, that doesn't bode well when the family's called to the bedside and then all programming has been suspended. Mm. I think we know. Yes. And, but I mean, there's still that glimmer within you that you just think, no, not now. Yeah. And then, of course, it came through a couple of hours later. We clearly both had the same reaction. It was, um, coincidentally, my, my 23rd anniversary of hosting Quiz Nights. So the happy, jolly hockey sticks version of events that I was going to do was quickly replaced by the national anthem. And it's, well, it's certainly not one that I'll forget, but you asked if I was going to the quiz and I thought that it was because you thought I would be broken hearted. It was actually because mm. Mark and Paul. Were <laughs> it was a yeah, bit of both. bit of both, <laughs> though. Yeah. I did, I must admit, I did contemplate giving it a miss, but I thought, well, people that go to the quiz, they might not care. They mm. might not, everybody's going to feel the same way about it. But the atmosphere was very reverential. I, I mean, you were there. Yes. Um, people were standing at the end of the night for the national anthem. They don't do that in 2022. That was... That was quite something. Yeah. We're the, I mean, the pub where we were, I thought the way that they reacted mm. was a little bit, we asked the landlady when we arrived, because we were going for something to eat first and yeah. the news hadn't broken then. But we asked, oh, can, we, can you put the TV on in here just so we could watch the news? And she said, oh, no, the TV's broken. But then there was some sport on the t- on the TV. And, then, and so I, when I got the news through on my phone at half past six, 
Uh, well, I think it was actually preceded by a message from you. you probably well, was it that profane one again? <laughs> it was. Yes. It was. I, I've got a special profanities that I use for the deaths of uh, royal family. <laughs> yeah, but even then I went through and I said, can you put the news on, please? And she went, oh, yeah, just a minute. But I know what it is, though. The Queen's died. And I thought... I know. Um, well, I'm not going to name the pub or the landlady, but... Uh, the, there's been a, a seismic shift in the attitude within that pub, and it's. Uh, I was I was shocked that night by the the level of um, disrespect. It's going a little bit far, but just disinterest in mm. a major event for the country. Yeah, this episode. I don't want us to spend any time mm. talking about the the people who have subsequently been blocked and things. Yes, but. It's a community pub and it's the kind of time that you remember being together as a community. And uh, although obviously you brought it all together with the, <laughs> with the quiz and the national anthem, you know, and the, and the tone, it was just, and you know, as you say, fair enough, some people don't care, but a lot of people do. do. It was just, you know, maybe the next day, if you've got a DJ booked on the Friday and you think, well, well we're still going to have a DJ, absolutely fine. But mm. the moment the news is broken. I was mm. very disappointed yes. with their conduct that night. I will say this much, even the younger ones, and there's, uh, there's some that are a good 20, 25 years younger than us come to the quiz, they were reverential about mm. it. They, in fact, the younger team showed more respect than some of the older ones. I, I was surprised by the reaction that there was from the public. Yes. We have done an episode about the Queen quite recently for mm. Platinum Jubilee. So it, it comes as no surprise to anyone that we were both very upset by it. Um, but I, I think it's quite nice that we've had this time so that we didn't go straight on the day after yeah. and just because now we've had the morning period we've had the queue the lying in state yes yeah, so a netflix 16 hour drama coming soon <laughs> yeah and of course we've had the funeral so it's kind of nice to look back to reflect without being immediately reactive to mm. the uh, to the news I'll agree with that, actually. It's given, it's given us a, a broader spectrum of, um, of processing, I suppose, if for want of a better word. But the amount of blocking that I've done, the <laughs> amount of people that I have been associated with and done work with who, I've said this quite openly, they put all these virtue signaling things in their bio mm -hmm. about what a good person they are and what... And then they're openly wishing death on the Queen. This was before it had been yeah. announced basically dancing on a grave and you've got hashtag be kind in the bio it just it doesn't square with me and i'm not prepared to if getting ahead in life means associating with uh, producers and artists that have those sorts of values i'd rather not progress in life than be associated with people like that i just don't find it very kind everybody's got different opinions yeah. on lots of different things it doesn't mean you have to disrespect those opinions or be vile about them no. And there's a lot of people who don't agree with the monarchy or who didn't like the Queen for, for whatever reason. We know a few people mm. like that who have openly said, I don't like the Queen. Mm. But since she died, they've not been messaging us. There's one example I, I don't particularly want to name him, but, you know, he's been quiet on the subject. And it goes back to the if you haven't got anything nice mm. to say, then don't say anything at all. He he recognises that it means a lot to us. And so it's like, well, fair enough. 
I've got a different opinion. I'm not going to come out and start saying things that I don't mean no. about, about the Queen, but there's absolutely no need to go the other way. The other way, there was some, um, we're not doing it this time because it's not the, the tone of the podcast, but if we were doing Twitter, ah, oh, bollocks to it, I'm going to throw in a Twitter <laughs> twatter right here. I believe uh, Twitter Twitter was Her Majesty's favourite feature of Nine Bob Nolt. <laughs> Tuned in every episode. <laughs> she did, she did. With the corgis by her side. <laughs> this week's victim to be cast headfirst into the bin, never to return, is Uju Anya, mm-hmm. a professor in the field of applied linguistics, anti-racist, feminist, two rainbow flags, language learning and teaching, blackness in multilingualism, views are mine. From Pittsburgh, you're going in the bin, love. The tweet has been deleted yes. since. Uh, but it was along the lines of Queen Elizabeth II was a colonialist and uh, empirical and enslaved my race, all that sort of thing. May she die in excruciating mm. pain. Now, I think most other people would have been hurled off Twitter for yes. that. Oh no, not her, because she's black, and that is that does seem to afford people some sort of cushion. But that was a hateful thing to say. I don't care what professor you are. The Queen was not a colonialist. She was not trying to hold the British Empire together. There's bits of the Commonwealth have broken off while she's been on the throne. Mm. It's not in. Well, it is in her power to, to try and stop them, but she hasn't. She's not been fighting to keep the company. If they want to go, go. Good luck to you. You know, I, I, personally speaking, I would be happy to see the Commonwealth broken up. If, if those countries now want to go and stand on their own and not be part of or seen to be part of basically the British Empire Mark II, I'm fine with that. I don't really see the point of the Commonwealth anymore. Hmm. But to come out with the fact that, you know, these statements that all these people that love the Queen, they're trying to keep the British Empire together, they're deluding themselves, it's a lot of bloody rubbish. Yes. And it's just an excuse to beat the Britney's racist drum. I don't believe that for a second. I don't, generally on the whole. Yeah, and we've spoken before about things, I mean... The royal family are not the perfect family. They're a, no. they're a dysfunctional family, much like all of our Every families Every other are. family that we yeah. know, yes. And it just so happens that they have a lot more money than most of us. And also their dysfunctions are in plain view mm. of, of everyone else. But I don't believe for one second, regardless of what you think about other members of the royal family, I don't believe that the Queen had a bad bone in her body. As monarchs go, we could not have wished for somebody better. But the Queen herself rarely put a foot wrong. There were a few notable exceptions where she could have done better. Uh, the only two that I can think of at the top of my head are Abathan and the death of Diana. I think those two were slight missteps. But in 70 years, two bollock drops, I don't think it's too bad, is it? Yeah. And when we're talking, because obviously Diana has been spoken about a lot mm. these last couple of weeks, but... Even then, she was in an impossible situation. Yes. She had openly fallen out with Diana. She clearly didn't like her, mm. for, not necessarily for because of who she was, but because of the damage she saw that Diana had caused to the family. Of course, she's going to defend her son, Prince mm. Charles. And so she was like, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, how do I react? And it's like we were saying about our, our Republican friend earlier, mm. She sort of stayed away and didn't really do anything. And then 
but she got criticised for that. And then she came out and made a statement in which she didn't say, oh, yeah, I love Diana and I'm really sorry. Mm. But she did say, I'm sorry that, you know, she's dead. She was the mother of my grandchildren. And also I understand that, you know, how you all felt about her in, in the country. But then it was like, well, oh, that wasn't really any good, was it? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, she's only human. But yeah, as you say, even if we do count that, you know, and the, the couple of other things where you said there'd been missteps, you know, she was queen for 70 years. I don't think she did too bad a job. I've made some pretty colossal fuck-ups in my jobs that I've been in for far less time than that. Yes, I'm prepared to forgive few for pretty much everything. But on the subject of the monarchy, obviously, uh, now that King Charles III's on the throne, all the rampant anti-monarchist Republicans have come out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. Abolish the monarchy. They've got more than we have, etc., etc., Oh, look at you bowing and scraping and doffing your cap to these superiors. You know, they're not so. Take all that away from it. I don't look at them as, God, your, your worship, you have to imagine how. I, oh, I love the monarchy. The monarchy is an institution, it's the backbone of the country for over a thousand years. And it represents that full stop between Britain, the UK, England, if you like, <laughs> and America, Russia, China. Name any democratic place where they've got a president and look at all the massive problems <laughs> that they have either had or had in the past. America, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Donald Trump, what the hell went on? You've got 330 million of you over there. That was the best you can do. And look what happened when there's nobody beyond the top politician to say no. Now, the Queen, I don't know whether she ever actually exercised the right, but she had the power to turn around and say, if some crazy crackpot decision came before her, she had the power to turn around and say, I'm not signing that, mate. Yeah. Don't know whether she ever did, but Putin, you know, there's nobody there to stop him. Yeah. If Liz Truss decided tomorrow that she was going to invade I, it would be somewhere stupid. <laughs> so like, like Belgium. Belgium, <laughs> yeah. yes. Then even if the whole government, and we can't predict how the government are going to behave, uh, even if they all agree, say, yeah, brilliant, let's go and do that, the king could and hopefully would step in. And as you say, I don't think the queen ever did exercise that mm. power because... But it's just knowing that that power is there. And yeah, I I agree. When we looked at the lying in state and the queue that was five miles long, people queuing up for 15, 16 hours, when we saw the funeral, I mean, we both watched mm. the funeral for- Eight hours. Yeah. yeah with that. Longer than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that wouldn't happen, you know, using America. If Joe Biden died, then, you know, everyone would be very upset. You'd have a new president tomorrow, whoever, you know, whoever's meant to step in. And yeah, there'd probably be a big funeral for him, but there wouldn't be all that. There's something there. And it goes to show how it meant something to so many people. You know, we saw the BBC, BBC News. We will be talking about BBC in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, it's right. a shame that we recorded that episode before this because we'd have so much more to say. But their coverage has been unstoppable. It's been yeah. a, a, you know, a brilliant example. But, you know, they were interviewed in the period between, you know, during the lying in state for 24 hours a day, they didn't have anything to report on. They were just interviewing people who were queuing up to see the Queen's coffin. And even that was 
fascinating viewing because there were people from all different walks of life, people from different places, people who were just popping in on their way to work, people who traveled from the other side of the world. And to just say, oh, well, yeah, it's just costing us too much money. But we wouldn't have had that. You know, we won't have, uh, I mean, presumably when Charles is crowned sometime next year, I think it would be quite tactless of them to have a huge massive <laughs> coronation on the scale of uh, of the queens but there's going to be something whereas yeah i know what you mean they are our ambassadors and now whatever you you like to think of it whether you're for or against and the main argument i've heard against the royal family is money basically mm-hmm. they why should they have all this money well you've got a thousand years of the institution there what are you going to do with it let's <laughs> just say they gave away whatever money they've got i think it's a it's the combined total of wealth, including assets, I think it's something like a billion pounds. In the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they spent 37 times that amount on track and trace. <laughs> As, in the grand scheme of things, you know, there's um, there's the same amount of money that the royal family costs, in, well, in total. You know, half of that a month net we used to send to Europe. Yeah, um, I'm not a great believer in the EU, but um, no one ever questioned half a billion quid a month of our money going to it. The royals are all around the world, or they're a team around the world. And whatever you like to think, people do sit up and take notice of the royals. Now, there's been rumblings in a few of the Commonwealth countries immediately after the death of the Queen, and the royals had a tour. They just happened to have a, a tour planned anyway. There were rumblings of independence as soon as they'd been mm. and gone. That to me is fine. That's a yeah. perfectly understandable reaction in the, the mid-21st century. I, I don't have any... It's progression. Tra- yeah. It is progression. Yeah. But to say that they're, they're not worth it, I think at the last count it was 64 pence each per person per <laughs> year. Take my money. Here, I'll give you... There's a quid. <laughs> yeah. You know, keep the change. I don't hold with any argument that says that we'd be better off with a republic because that money would just be swallowed up into something else with far less grandeur and far less historical significance. Yeah. So it was really interesting because our friends from America were over here at this time and it was fascinating to see how they were reacting to it because they don't have anything like Mm. that. And they were, you know, they were talking... um, Melania. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They had, and they were talking about the Queen had been on the throne for 70 years. And they were like, that's a quarter of our country's history. (laughs) She's been on it. And just things like that. We went to, uh, we went to York for the night and showed them around. And obviously we were showing them some of the, uh, the historical pubs. (laughs) Of course. But but we went to York Minster, which was unfortunately closed because it was the period Mm. of mourning. But that's where everyone was laying the, the flowers for the Queen. And it was such a, weird eerie thing and but they were blown away by the fact that york minster was over a thousand years old and it was just this huge huge building but then when we we're talking about the history of some of the monarchs and we you know we went to the shambles yeah. and they said this you know it was recorded in the doomsday book they were like well what's the doomsday book and we said well that was when william <laughs> william the conqueror just did a like a survey of all the property of in the country and it recorded every piece of land and who owned it and what you know what it was used for and they they said well 
when was that? Maybe it's in 1066 or 10, 1068. Or, and they were just blown away. But that's how far back the royal yes. family and traditions go. And some of them do seem a bit silly these days, don't they? But then it's all part and parcel of it. And if you take it away and, you know, there's arguments, just do we modernise the monarchy? And there is a, an argument of, yes, me or make it a bit more accessible mm. to people. But then if you have a... A king, uh, you know, like the king of Spain, who, you know, <laughs> who, who just... Has he, a beard. Yes, he has a beard. And, you know, and he gets the bus and things like that. And that's great. But I think there is still a place for that sort of ceremonial, uh, you know, the pageantry and things well, like that. Well, looking at the funeral yesterday, there was mm. the the orb and scepter and the crown mm. that were all placed on cushions yes. on the altar. Now, if you look at that, it's quite a silly thing to do. Yeah. But did it not add something to the ceremony? Absolutely. That reverence, that because it was the, the same crown that's been passed from monarch to monarch to monarch. Mm. Yeah, and removing it from the queen's coffin and placing it on the altar was like, that's it, she's not the queen anymore. Yeah. And then the guy, um, I can't remember what he who he was, and he, he broke his wand of office oh, in Lord Chamberlain, yes. Well, the Lord Chamberlain, yeah. And the person who was doing the commentary said, his duty is done, his queen is not here and he he snapped his one and it showed the king's face at that moment and oh it, it looked was, like he was about to burst he did tears. yeah and it was because that sort of symbol that was the end that yeah. wasn't it that was a very moving moment like you say to anyone watching who didn't have the commentary on or didn't understand what it was about it might have seemed a bit silly and a bit over the top but they all have a place. They all, they all have a meaning. And for the royal family who were there, who it was their mum's funeral or the grandma's funeral or the great grandma's funeral, mm -hmm. they understood what it all meant. And it clearly meant a lot to them. Well, if you looked at the old buildings, I mean, the Westminster Abbey was started in 1100. <laughs> so that's a thousand years old. Mm. And uh, Windsor Chapel, I mean, that's, uh, that's a big bloody chapel. <laughs> That's all the weight of history. There's 10 monarchs buried there. You've mentioned Mark and Paul there. They were astounded that the pub that, or well, one of the pubs <laughs> I do my quiz in is twice as old as America itself. <laughs> We've just got a great weight behind us in this country. There were a couple of quite witty things. Um, every now and again, the bird app does lay beautiful eggs. <laughs> but one of them was most monarchs only bury their predecessor. The queen buried two of her predecessors, and in a move that nobody expected, Richard III. <laughs> uh, but the other one was that there are bottles of milk in this fridge now that are, I've seen two prime ministers <laughs> and two monarchs. <laughs> Two-day-old babies that are already on their second monarch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was quite a week. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely the Americans coming over and that gave it a, a new perspective on it, especially because they were asking us to explain some of the things, you know, why is this happening? Why, mm. you know, why is that happening? And then some of the things we didn't know. So we would then look it up and it was like, all oh, right, why? And they were asking questions about the line of succession. So, why, you know, why, mm. is, why is Princess Anne not after Prince Charles and, uh, and so on? But yeah, it was really interesting. And I think that really helped bring home what a big deal it's been for the past couple of weeks. One of the things that was on the BBC uh, coverage yesterday, which I thought was one of the most pithy barbs I've ever heard, was uh, courtesy of Hugh Edwards. 
who did an ex- <laughs> he did a really really good job. He set the tone. I mean, he set fantastic. the tone really over the past fortnight. Yes, he was the one who who broke uh, the broke news. The, news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the black tie was a bit of a giveaway when they were all arriving at the abbey. Uh, he was. <laughs> He said about all the world leaders, all the leaders of the UK, all gathering, Nicola Sturgeon, also there. (laughs) It was just that pause long enough. He knew what he was doing, yeah. What a pro. Honestly, I have been on Twitter all day today just praising the the BBC, Mm. uh, the presenters, obviously all the camera crews, everyone who was involved in that amazing broadcast. It was it was absolutely the right tone. Mm. It was something that people would have been watching all over the world. And I think it goes it goes to show that the when the the viewing figures or the you know the first viewing figures almost all of the people in the UK who watched the funeral watched it on BBC 1. I think so too. Yes. The vast majority will have done. Yeah. And for all those defund the BBC people if you can genuinely turn around and say that any of the, because they, they were all using the same camera feed. Mm. They weren't, they didn't all have their own. Yes. I think even yes. Sky had the same camera. If you can say that the BBC didn't do it better than everyone else, bollocks. Mm. Uh, it's no disrespect to any of the other broadcasters. You just don't do it as well. No. There's just no part of me that's going to play this down. No. As a small event, as a historical event in the fabric of the country. It's the biggest thing. I don't think we're ever going to see another monarch on the throne for 70 years. No. Seems very unlikely. <laughs> the, as a final thought, yesterday when, when the BBC were interviewing people, they had a historian, and I forget his name, but he brought up a very interesting note, which I think has a big future potential. It's the Queen's diaries, the Queen's personal diaries. Mm-hmm. Now, she's obviously never really expressed an opinion on everything. Yes. But it's widely believed that she's kept a rigorous personal diary since for a long while, if not continuously, certainly. <laughs> and presumably she will have known full well that at some point they would be either entered into a, an archive or published after her death. They'll be bloody interesting to read. Yes, that's going to be... Because... Obviously, she was the queen. She had to have this facade. Mm. Um, but for, for all the all the people who were interviewed, or who knew her, who, who worked with her, always said she, she had opinions on things, but she also had a, a wicked sense of humour. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, some of those diaries are going to be... <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> She's outlived all of them. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> she can say what she likes about all of them. Exactly. Did it also, um, the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury in his sermon at the funeral, did you hear him having a, a sly dig at Boris Johnson? No. <laughs> he was talking about how the Queen, basically along the lines of it, it's a really good quote, through living in service, she'll be remembered forever. Whereas those who are in power only for their own benefit and desperately cling on to the privilege it will suit will be forgotten immediately and then he looked over to where the prime ministers were sitting <laughs> and i don't know whether it was but yeah it was uh, it was very i don't know i missed that but that was a little uh hold on oh i don't know i don't know whether i agree with that that, that occasion archbishop <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I've got my moment. Nobody watches my speech at Christmas. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, I, I don't. I think it's beyond rating, isn't it? There isn't yes. a scale high enough. 
but we are both sat here in complete support of the system that we have now. There's just nothing to me that could replace a monarchy as a just one of the main, the colossal main symbols of Britain. Hmm. Now, whether the union still stays together, they're still going to be very English. It's, it's still going to be an English thing. Um, but they are the fabric of the entire nation and they embody our history stretching back well over a thousand years. And for that alone, thank you very much. Yes. Yes, Queen! Yes, Queen! Yes, Queen! Well, yes, I think, uh, I mean, we could talk all night about it and I'm sure we'll we'll come back and revisit the royal family uh, at some point. We'll, we'll probably have a coronation Coronation special, special yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a very different, a very sad time, uh, but also a nice time to sort of remember and to commemorate the life of, regardless of what you think about the royal family, a remarkable woman. Indeed. God rest you, ma'am. And God save the king. And God save the king. Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.